0: Welcome to the Dark Hour Gaming Podcast. I am um, your host, Ryan. And today with me, we have Mike. Hello. And Derek. Hello. What's up, guys?
1: What's How up? you doing?
2: Doing well. How are you? Happy belated Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That...
0: yeah happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's uh, December 2nd for those of you who are listening. Um, so Mike is a little late on that. Thank you very much, Mike.
1: Not Man, fault. you really shouldn't have gave away the date, because now uh, everybody's
0: going to know how long Mike takes to post the <laughs> so, so. post. <laughs> That's okay. People know it takes a little bit of time to yeah. to yeah. get these things out. Perfection um, takes time.
2: Exactly.
0: And today we want to discuss a little bit about something that you think about, but you don't really think about all that much in depth. And it's honestly, I, I feel like it's a very interesting topic to go discussing about for video games. And that's difficulty in video games. Um, you know, it's, it's something that's like really, in a way, subjective. And I mean, in some ways, yes, it's objective. Um, but like, you know, what one person finds really easy, you know, that might be like reaction time and things like uh, fighting games or, you know, action games. But, like, another person might pick up a controller and they're like, shit, I have no hand-eye coordination whatsoever. So (laughs) this is kind of a struggle. Uh, Yeah. So it's just, it's it's a topic that, you know, we haven't really taken all that much time to, like, think about or, you know, go too too much into detail on. And even, you know, this last podcast that we did um, where you and I, Derek, discussed Pokemon and, like, how much easier some of the more recent Pokemon games were. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, wanted to take some time to, like, you know, really kind of dig dig deeper into, like, this idea of, like, what is difficulty in video games? Um, So I kind of want to start, and, you know, maybe we ask. we'll, We'll go starting from, like, genre to genre. And we'll start with, like, action games, right? Yeah. So, like, games like Bayonetta, Darksiders, um, god of war the older tools versus the newest title which some might argue is more similar like a souls game or something um and you know i'm so like games like that um and i was kind of hoping maybe like we kind of go in depth on like what makes the game more difficult as the difficulty setting has changed and even think about things like you know what are you know inherent difficulties and challenges with the game so i kind of want to start maybe derek um you want to talk about some action games and maybe kind of go into like delve into this idea of you know what are challenges in these games sure um yeah i really like action games um
1: specifically i really like bayonetta a lot um i also really like sekiro a lot uh
0: me too. You're not alone. Yeah. So
1: I mean for action games, I it's surprising it sounds like it'd be so easy to just pick what makes it challenging, but it's it's not actually super easy to just like quantify what makes it challenging. I mean there's obvious there is the obvious ones like how much hp the enemy has or how hard they hit but that's not necessarily what makes it the most challenging in action games because if they have a ton of hp but they don't really they don't really do anything they just stand there that's not hard if they if they uh hit really hard but their moveset's super predictable so you it's easy to never get hit that's not hard so i guess with action games a big part of the challenge comes from just how how their ai is just mm-hmm. um and how their moveset is what their range is on their attacks um how predictable their attacks are how um choreographed is that the right word yeah. no telegraph telegraphed oh how telegraphed yeah. their attacks are um so so i guess that's what would make a big challenge in action games um
0: i, I it, definitely i definitely agree because i think like you know when you look at games like Bayonetta where they even score you at the end of the at, at the end of the mission and you have to make sure that you're trying to get go after that S especially if you're like trying to go after like achievements and stuff in the game yeah. it's like i mean you need to really learn the gameplay of Bayonetta to be able to efficiently go after that S cuz it ranks you on specific Uh, aspects of the gameplay right
1: yeah it ranks you on your combo how much damage you took and how long it took you
0: to do the fight yeah so like you know being able to know like like the telegraphing that you were talking about you know being able to telegraph like and understand like hey the enemy is about to do this sort of attack and the only thing i can do in this situation is uh block it or uh what was it it's like basically dodge right at the last second oh yeah, like a perfect
1: dodge. yeah yeah
0: perfect dodge and you know be able to respond that way and you might be in the middle of a combo and you're like oh shit i can't stop now <laughs> so
1: yeah and that being said your your move set the what the developers give you access to also creates the challenge a lot in these games like um Devil May Cry 5, a big thing I always talk about whenever I talk about that game to anybody is how there's no, like, just proper dodge button. And there doesn't need to be. It's still a good game without it. But it made the game so much more difficult for me because I'm so used to action games where I just have, like, a single button dedicated to dodge. And so having Devil May Cry not allow me to do that really made the game a lot more challenging for me.
0: I can only imagine what that was—that experience could have been
1: like. But people who have played a lot of Devil May Cry, because that's how it's just always been with Devil May Cry, they're used to it and they know they know how to work around that.
0: Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, uh, you know, there's even kind of an inherent like difficulty alone with learning the controls from the perspective that like. What if you're switching consoles, right? That's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Like, hey, I'm so used to playing on an Xbox, and now I have a PlayStation, and I don't really know the X-square triangle circle controls. And, yeah, sometimes they map it so that it's pretty much roughly the same. Which is kind of interesting to think about. You know, there's going to be time to, like, it's essentially like the baby steps like you know you're playing your first game for the first time and you're not used to this at all and so like you know i pick up bayonetta and i mean when i was playing it i was getting like c ranks (laughs)
1: like (laughs) the the bronze ranks
0: yeah yeah Yeah, so just getting like a a poor ranking on missions because it was just like i i don't really understand fully like what am I doing from the perspective of like, what is this button tied to? It's just kind of like that, that time it takes to learn, like what are the different like moves that I've learned? Which ones do I, am I currently like adjusted to and using? And then it's like, do, do you feel as though like if I'm playing on a harder difficulty that I need to be a lot more like pick and choosing as to like which abilities that I feel I need to use more or could that just be based around like just like the enemy types I mean it's just really interesting to think about Mike do you do you uh, play a lot of action games
2: I wouldn't say a lot I mean I play my share but it's it's not a genre that's uh that's like high up on my list of games you know what I mean
0: Yeah and do you feel like that like So when you do pick up action games, you kind of find yourself to be like struggling more since you don't tend to play them
2: as much. Like for sure, Um, one of the biggest issues I have is games that have that are based on like combos and things like that. Mm -hmm. Or or, uh, the other thing I really struggle with is any game that has a parrying system. Like it takes me forever to get the timing down on any game I've never like jumped into any action game and been able to like kind of get the system right off the bat I don't know right I don't know if that's a issue with me or if that's like that's just part of the challenge of the game and they want people to kind of work their way into knowing how to do it I don't know but yeah those are those are biggest like obstacles for me like I don't I, I think it's a memorization thing with the combos mm-hmm like I can't um and it's the same with another genre we'll talk about later um but like memorizing like decent combos like I can remember memorize like one but like I, can- hmm. I can't I don't have it in the back of my head to be able to do like this combo that combo this combo and things like that so yeah I kind of struggle in that aspect well I guess like
0: yeah like uh, I was about to transition over to what I'm assuming is probably the genre you referred to, fighting games. Are you yes. know more about fighting games, yeah. I was gonna <laughs> transition into that, but like, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about that because like, yeah, you you want to take more time to like practice those combos because that's honestly at the end of the day, like, I feel like that's probably the only way you're ever really gonna memorize them. I mean, you might be uh, like, I'll just look at this once and I got this down. I'm assuming that most people. probably That's probably don't. pretty rare. Oh That's yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: um, um, I mean,
1: not all action games don't need to memorize combos, though. If you want to play an action game where you don't need to memorize combos, play like Sekiro. Uh,
0: yeah, that, or you know, even like the older God of War games. Um, those yeah. were hack and slashy as as they could come. <laughs> true, true. And then it makes it interesting to think like, so in the older God of War games you know as you're playing harder difficulties like is it does it come down to how well you dodge in that game because Honestly, like
1: i'm not sure what the god of war games i haven't played them since i was a lot younger i never i never played the re-release on ps3 i don't even know if there's um, a re-release of them on ps4 i haven't I played so. them since i haven't played them since ps2 was still the newest console Touche. So, <laughs> yeah i just don't remember
0: yeah, well, because, like, from what I remember, it's, like, you know, essentially, like, you'll play uh, with his main weapons for a while, which I don't know why they're not coming to my head. Uh, oh, Aren't are they, like, the called? two
1: daggers that are, like, on chance?
0: Yeah, trunks? yeah. Um, so, you play with those for a while, and then you get, like, a bow at one point. So, it's just, like, I mean, the weapons change, but, like, your combos don't really. So... I feel like at the end of the day like especially when you're playing the harder difficulties the health health system like giving the enemies more health and you do less damage they do more damage kind of like forces you to be a lot better about timing your dodges and kind of understanding the layout of the map a bit better cuz you don't definitely don't want to roll yourself into a corner yeah then you find yourself kind of screwed <laughs> and Sekiro is interesting cuz is like a Rock, paper, scissors type of difficulty. Uh
2: did you did you end up picking that up, Mike? I did not. I uh I still plan on getting it at some point, but I haven't yet.
0: Absolutely should. You definitely
1: should.
2: I'm hoping it's on sale. I know the Steam sale's I, going on right now. I, I, check. I, I
1: know it's on sale on Steam for like thirty eight dollars. Oh that's not bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's on sale on PSN
0: though.
2: That's fine. I'm I'm I've tra- <clears throat> excuse me, I've transitioned to being more of a PC gamer anyway, so that's that's fair. fine
0: yeah um, so yeah with that I guess let's let's move on to fighting games um, you know I I had a few listed out I had Soul Calibur Street Fighter Tekken and you know the thing that's mostly coming to mind is just what the combos in the game are um, you know like Street Fighter's all focused on like the D-pad and like the really like long strung out d-pad combo and then like you strike with an attack versus like tekken was more like timing of your attacks and understanding like the movement of your character i guess those are the kind of things that stick out the most to me like right mm-hmm. off the top of my head i but agree to...
1: that movement is super important in tekken and in soul caliber and on all those like eight direction 3d mm-hmm. fighters um but uh yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead
0: oh no no i was actually hoping you would interject (laughs) i was gonna send it over your way because i know you love fighting games just as much as i do
1: yeah um also street fighter the i mean with all fighting games there's not a ton of difficult i mean there's some difficulty with ai obviously they have difficulty Mm -hmm. settings and in their arcade mode or their arcade mode equivalent for games that don't have arcade mode looking at you blaze blue cross tag battle <laughs> no arcade mode so bitter but um yeah like and the the difficulty will usually just make the ai smarter in the sense that they'll react better to what you do um mm-hmm. and in the worst case scenarios they'll they'll literally read your inputs like they will read your inputs and then just block everything you do because they're reading your inputs and uh, it feels really bad because it feels like you can't win. I can't think of an example that's done this um, off the top of my head, but I, I, I know that it's been done and I know people like to complain about it. Um, and then well, no. in in best case scenarios, it's uh, it feel, it'll feel like on the hardest difficulty, it'll feel like you're fighting another person.
0: Another player, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so a lot of the difficulty will be in the multiplayer for fighting games.
0: But um the well, that's difficulty... kind of an interesting point to, to bring up because, like, it definitely depends on who you're up against. Because, like, you know, if it was, like, a tournament-style thing, definitely, for sure, like, hardest, M- or hardest PC, like, sorry, NPC, um, or AI is going to be, like, a really good player versus, like, you know... You might run a, or encounter that person online that spams one attack or something that <laughs> clearly doesn't know any of the controls at all. Yeah. And they're just kind of fumbling around button mashing, hoping yeah. that they get a win.
1: <laughs> and I mean sometimes they can win like that, you know?
0: Good I don't on know them. for sure. I, I, I was like <laughs> I, I know I told you about this, Derek. Um I don't know if you were there, maybe, I don't know. But I was playing Blaze Blue online and you know, I play Hakuman. I fucking love Hakuman. Parries for the win. And this person was as rachel was playing as rachel alucard and they kept spamming the attack where it was like uh what were those like rods you know how they throw out like a little little pig
1: and that hits you and then turns into a frog a frog yeah oh the pig turns into a rod yeah yeah sorry i thought you were talking about the frog that electrocutes you
0: No, no no it was definitely the pig yeah, yeah. Um yeah. they kept throwing it at me and running away from me because they knew like if I was if I was in any what close range combat, like they got like I got them. <laughs> and I lost the match them just spamming that one attack the entire time because they were so afraid <laughs> of me getting close. And I was like, son of a bitch, like clearly I don't know the game controls that well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then like to to your point, Mike um you know going back to the combo stuff like it's kind of nice that they'll give you that uh training mode or even like oh it's necessary um, oh yeah and like did the, i don't know i don't remember if the first blaze blue did it but like the like was, mission mode it, was it missions because it was like they had you learn combos in game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they they a lot of fighting games
1: have those, especially now, and uh, they they have different names depending on the game. But I I typically just call them mission modes. I think that's what they were called in Blaze Blue.
0: Yeah. do Do you feel like when you're playing a harder difficulty like that, and like a game like that, like if you don't know like the combos that basically take out the enemy's entire health bar in like one go, like you can't win like do you feel like knowing the full combos is necessary i
3: mean or do this,
1: you
0: feel like you could get away with like i mean i think this might be a controversial
1: statement but if it's a good fighting game you won't have any combos <laughs> that can take out their health bar in one hit uh, a lot of i mean there are games that do allow you to do that marvel versus capcom come on guys. <laughs> um but uh like games like blaze blue or tekken they'll have systems in place to prevent that from happening whereas the longer your combo goes on the less damage it'll start to deal Mm -hmm. um and once it hits a certain point you just won't deal any more damage so if there was like but there aren't really any infinite combos in the game but if there was there's systems in place that even if you're doing an infinite combo you won't kill the enemy right so um which is really good because no that's not fun to just get comboed and have mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it. Um, and then, in especially in like blaze blue, you have systems where if you're getting comboed, there's ways out. Like in central fiction, you have like your burst where you push mm-hmm. them away mid combo. Um, in cross tag battle, you have uh, your partner switch in and you can have your partner switch in and knock them off you, but it'll take up your entire partner bar. Um, so they'll typically have ways to get out of combos and combos isn't the only thing that makes difficulty in fighting games. It's really important to know your character and to know Mm -hmm. your character's moveset, to understand what moves are your character's anti-air moves. What, uh, what are your best neutral moves, what your range is. And it's important to know when to block, when to low block, when to jump. This, these are all things that you have to consider and I would argue they're more important than just knowing a really long combo. You can yeah. win by knowing short combos. You can win in cross tag battle or in Dragon Ball Fighters using auto combos as long as you play your neutral game right. Honestly, I mean it's gonna be a lot harder, but you can. Um,
2: especially on the way. Your,
1: yeah, <laughs> especially if you use your partners effectively, um, and like it's important to know when like when you're pressured how to get out of being pressured and like Mm blaze Blue cross type battle you can i don't know what the term for it is but if you're like up against the wall and you're being pressured but you're you're able to block then you're able to push the enemy away it'll use it'll use some of your gauge but you can push the enemy away and get out of being pressured because honestly fighting games are just all about applying pressure and getting Mm -hmm. out of pressure like
0: that's well, like, at the end of the day that's like a big the, part of it well and also learning the character right because oh, you course. know some characters are definitely more focused cent- centered around like those low blows versus you know the neutral or even high attacks so it's like it's definitely important to understand like oh what is that what is that character's kind of focus yeah so way well you know how to react to it oh
1: yeah definitely and uh, the more you understand all the characters in the game, the better you'll be at the game, as you'll be able to telegraph their moves easier, and you'll be able to uh, know the options that they have. And knowing your opponent's options is really important. Even, even if you don't know exactly what they're going to do, knowing what they can do, that's important.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um... In a way,
1: fighting games are a little bit similar to action games in terms of what makes them difficult. I mean, they're very different to play, but Mm -hmm. when you think about the aspects that make them difficult, there's some similarities.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think I think we're definitely going to see a lot of commonalities between you know even all genres of games. Um, It's just interesting to think about like what what is. does the game's difficulty do a good enough job of getting you in the mindset of the genre itself or, like, what the developer is wanting, how they're wanting you to play the game, how they intended for the game to be? Um,
2: Mike, did you have anything to add? Um, The only other thing I'll add to uh, fighting games is, uh, like Derek said, it does have a a lot of uh, things in common with action games. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference that, that I have in, I don't know like how they solve this or if maybe I haven't played enough fighting games, but it, it's just the ability to be trained on how to play the game. So action games, you know, you can have a, a solid tutorial mm-hmm. and you can feel like you could kind of, after a while you'll you should be able to master the game. Fighting games is a little different because the difficulty comes in multiplayer, right? Yeah. So, how do you, how are you trained to combat multiplayer? I mean, you just have to keep playing more multiplayer and learn by beating your head up against the wall, which is why I <laughs> usually stop playing games like that because I come into them late and I don't have. Like and everyone else is beating your head against the wall <laughs> pretty much i, I uh, have hours and hours and hours to train and to to figure out you know and like i said that's not really the game's fault i mean that's just the way multiplayer it is a little is. bit i mean so?
1: no, it's, the multiplayer isn't really the game's fault but yeah. it is the game's fault if you feel like it's not training you properly but um i feel like fighting games have gotten a lot better at that especially recently especially 2d fighters i do think this is a problem with tekken and street fighter 5 where mm-hmm. they don't really flesh out all the mechanics of the game mm-hmm. um but if you look at like Undernight in and birth or any of the more recent blaze blue games or guilty gear they have a f- tutorial mode where it goes individually every single system of the game and teaches you every option you have it teaches you how to get out of combos how to push the enemy away how to apply pressure how to get out of pressure all the stuff I was talking about, it teaches you all that in the tutorial. And it'll take like two hours to do, sure. And I know that that doesn't sound super fun, but if you want to learn how to play the game and you do that, that'll that'll give you a huge step up like once you actually start playing. And um, now all fighting games have gotten better in the multiplayer sense, in my opinion, where they have started doing matchmaking typically based on your level, um, like how good you are. Mm -hmm. and so you're it's you'll more often be paired up with people who are closer to your skill level and now granted if you're late to the game there still could be a big disparity if the game doesn't have a big player base but that there's not much the game could do about that like you said but there is things there are things the game could do to help players get better and that is implement more single-player modes and better single-player modes with better ai (laughs) fighting games are lacking in single-player modes and it drives me Mm -hmm. crazy when they release these games for sixty dollars, and it's like, oh, I we have a survival mode and multiplayer. That's it. It's like, really? Come on, like, I had.
0: What happened to like score attack mode or like, yeah, you know, just a story mode for me to play through and fight all the AI in it. Yeah, like and just take add my difficulty more. for it. Arcade mode.
1: Exactly, and they could. And, like, now they'll have the mission modes, which will teach you combos, and that's great. But what if they had a mission mode that helped you get better at mechanics? Like, what if they had a mission mode where you had to use, like, your mechanics properly to get out of combos in different situations? Like, that'd be pretty interesting, and that'd get people a lot better at the game. So, I don't know. I do think there's more they could do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kind of understand the lack of modes, though, because when, when companies are afraid... Have a lower player base, they want to get people to go online, they don't want people to sit in single player and be comfortable because then they won't go online. If people don't go online, they won't build a community. If they don't build a community, then online will be dead and then everybody will stop playing the game.
0: So, do you think that's kind of why, like, we're seeing a really big kind of like push for that ease of access where you know I have an auto combo where all I have to do is spam square? like, four times, and I've already done this, like, drastically strong combo against an enemy. Like, do you... Because, like, you know, older older games, like, yeah, you could get away with, like, button mashing and stuff or, like, learn the combos and you're, like, really good. But, like, no, I don't feel like older fighting games really ever kind of allowed you to have that, that much of hand-holding when it came to, like, multiplayer in general.
1: You're right. Older fighting games don't have that, and it's fair to call it hand holding. I get it why you'd say that because I used to say that. I used to think that, and I still kind of think it. For Dragon Ball Fighters, gonna get a lot of hate for that one, but I get it. Um, well, I
0: think like yeah, it, well, it kind but, of diverts your attention from learning the combos to reacting to the player more exactly so like in in older games it was a bit of both but there's and even then now more it's more it. focused on what is the enemy doing that i can respond to and that's true but there is more
1: to it than that uh, as well because you'll notice the games that implement the system r- other than the persona arena games but other than that, the games that implement the system are tag team games like Dragon Ball Fighters and Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. And that's an important distinction because in like Dragon Ball Fighters, you have three characters. And if you had the same amount of depth per character that you had in one character of like Blaze Blue Central Fiction,
3: mm-hmm.
1: it's like that'd be ridiculous how much you'd have to learn. The you're cause you get like we were talking about like Mike was talking about how it's such a big leap to get into the game and you have so much to learn and it's hard. If imagine all the depth there is to learn one character in blaze with central fiction, but in order to even play the game, you have to learn it for three. Mm -hmm. Like that's a huge burden and that would not be easy for people to access. So when team and with, so with team fighting games, there's actually not as big of an emphasis on learning combos. And this answers your question from earlier where you said, do you need to learn combos to be good at the game and team fighting games? There's not as big of an emphasis on it since they give you pretty easy to do combo options. And then for the people who love doing crazy combos, you kind of have more options or just as at least just as many options, if not more than you would in a typical fighter because you can, take these combos and you can come up with new combos other than the auto combo. Plus you can add other characters into the mix by mm-hmm. having uh, your support allies jump in partway combo to um, help you extend the combo further. Or maybe you switch characters mid combo.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it I'm adds a lot Marvel of versus Capcom. Yeah. I mean, and that makes sense because mm-hmm. a lot of these games take a, a lot away from Marvel versus Capcom because it's like the first really big team fighting game but uh, it was horribly unbalanced like really unbalanced and I don't think anybody would argue with that.
0: Mike would. Would you, Mike? No.
1: So <laughs> So I totally get it when people will say it's hand holding and in a way it is, but at the same time I I actually think for these team battle games it's necessary. I don't like it as much.
3: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I I support their decision of doing it and it seems to make sense. But I will always, always prefer just a one-on-one fighter where there aren't auto combos.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I think I think we've kind of talked about fighting games for a bit. Um, I was I was originally thinking about maybe we switch over to action RPG, but I also think it might be interesting if we kind of switch it up a bit um, since we're kind of we've kind of been on this like. Um, you know, so far our challenges have been things like health, um, uh, damage output. You know, um, things like just learning the controls of the game, and kind of like you know, with these newer fighting games and even older fighting games, like learning your enemy and whatnot. Maybe we move on to like strategy games. Um, you know, games like I mean, Pokemon. Uh, things like games like uh, Starcraft or Warcraft, or even like League of Legends or Dota type games, and um, uh, you know, kind of games that kind of focus a bit more on like, I guess, taking the time to think out your moves versus something that's a bit more, kind of like in your face and responsive. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you have any uh, strategy games you'd like to talk about? Um and how
2: they kind of implement difficulty in the game so i just no game specifically but like on a basic level uh, you know i do like strategy games i do what i enjoy about them is Mm -hmm. is what makes them difficult is the time it takes in order to master them and it's not something like i guess i can't judge all strategy games like this but like most strategy games you sit down and you have to process you know how do I go about completing this task or you know defeating this enemy or you know what whatever you know if you're playing like something like let's say civilization um Mm -hmm. you have to you have to I guess it's just the process of thinking. Like, you have to actually, like, think about, like, how do I go about... Because do... there's certain ways to win... Have... You guys both play Civ, right? Um, uh, I play too much.
1: i play Endless Legend more than i play Civilization, but it has very similar gameplay. It's just a fantasy setting instead of a historical setting.
2: So do they give you different ways to go about winning? Yeah, you have, winning? like, economic
1: victory <laughs> or, um, like, diploma- diplomacy victory or, like... I forget what they're all called, but, like, or yeah. victory through war, but, yeah. Dif- yeah. Different
2: ways. So, th- th- yeah. that that that's what I enjoy, and, you know, that's the difficulty of it. Like, well, do I go for a diplomatic victory? Do I go for, um, do I just, you know, destroy these other civilizations? Things like that. So, like, it, it takes a lot of thought process on how to go about that, and then, you know, how do you complete that task before your, your enemy does? So, um, I, in, it, it's it's less difficult than something like let's say a fighting game where you know you have to react to the the enemy uh like right away like you have no time to think and mm-hmm. and process what you have to do so i think i mean even though i
0: disagree by the way just so you're aware while you're giving this opinion which i way? also i disagree, also with, disagree disagree
1: with you said it's less difficult i disagree
2: oh oh you think it's oh well see it's a different <sighs> type of difficulty though so yeah it is um, sure. <laughs> it, makes
1: sense, it makes sense we would disagree so like, yeah
2: no, no no okay before we go on let, let's talk about that a little bit so you think it's it's less difficult to I think it's re- more react diffi- oh yeah yeah i think reaction time difficulty like reaction
1: based difficulty is less difficult than strategy in certain strategy games that's interesting. Uh, Maybe I'm bad at strategy. Maybe <laughs> yes, but... we are, we both are terrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm completely terrible, but what I do know is that when I play against my friends in strategy games, I'm not betting on myself, and Ooh.
0: I win. I win that bet. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> no, I was actually gonna say because, like, I know this is off. This is off genre topic, but like, looking at Souls games, right? Like, once you kind of learn, like how your weapon plays that you've decided upon it, it gets really i don't know in a way easy or even secure secure actually a really good example like once you've learned like what your limitations are as a character it, it becomes very rock paper scissors scissors e uh, whatever that word would be and like it's just like a okay the enemy's doing a thrust attack this is how i respond and it's just it's, it almost becomes second nature, like breathing, because mm. c- of how quickly you, like you just need to react, and you just you know that's how you need to react. Yeah. Whereas like for me, when it comes to like a game like Starcraft or Warcraft or you know any sort of strategy game, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I need to think so far ahead, and I can't really do that. And or you need Civ to be able to adapt. As example, yeah, like Civ, like there's so many things to consider on how you quote unquote win the the match to Mm -hmm. win the game that like i get lost like wait what do i want to focus on how do i need to focus on making sure that that happens those are like thoughts that seem like they might be simple but for me that's just like out of this world
2: so those are two different things right so you have a game like Civ, right um where you actually have time to think about you know your course of action and you know how you Mm want to go about doing things something like a starcraft um you don't really have that time so yep you're going to have to decide right at the beginning of the game in StarCraft. Okay, what? How am I going to do this? How am I starting at least? Do you have yeah. to be willing to adapt. Well, <laughs> well, yes, you have to adapt later on, but you have to. You can't. You can't go into the game being like, mm, yeah. Let me. Let yeah. me kind of. Let me kind of just be middle of the road and think. Do you know okay. what? What? How That's do I want to do? You have to pick one way, and then after you see what your opponent's doing. You yeah. you try to counteract and or you go all out on what you were playing in the first place if you if you made a correct guess. It's also kinda like a rock, paper, scissors match, you know what I mean?
3: It is yeah. kinda it's interesting.
2: So yeah, those are two different things. I was thinking more of like games like Civ where you have that time and mm-hmm. you know, the different ways to actually win. But when I have to make like on the spot decisions like i I've never been good at like I was okay at like Command and Conquer back in the day. Uh I was okay at StarCraft. I was never great. Um but, but you were the best. <laughs> no, I was decent. Uh but I I've never achieved that level in uh fighting games or uh I won't say action games, action games I have been decent at, but uh like fighting games I just can't think that fast. I have I don't have that Twitch reaction like that.
1: I mean if you played starcraft i think you could do it if you practice because i think starcraft is like one of the hardest games like (laughs) like at all like because you have to be able to think grand, like at least kind of grand strategy kind of like with sip but you have to be able to do it fast and you have to you have to be able to think strategy quickly and Mm -hmm. you also have to react quickly to what your opponent's doing and you have to be able to like there's a reason why a big judge of how good you are at Starcraft is how many actions you can take per minute. Right. right. So
3: how that's true. How, uh,
0: so like how different would you say that like Warcraft is from Starcraft and how do they switch it up? Like how do they implement like the different difficulty settings? I guess like, are they quicker at, you know, implementing their strategies? Like how, how does that kind of, kind of work?
2: I don't have very uh I don't have a very good knowledge of Warcraft. I never played it. Um Same. so it's hard for me to oh, say. Okay. I was more of a StarCraft Command and Conquer. Um Same. Player. So I guess I was
0: under the impression that StarCraft and Warcraft were very similar, just they different are. It could be. I don't, one's I don't sci-fi know. and one's fantasy. I mean, mm-hmm. I know they're similar, but I don't know where their differences lie cuz like, yeah. like Mike said I also haven't played Warcraft. No, that's fair. That was just kind of for my own curiosity. But, like, yeah, like, gotcha. if you're playing, like, different difficulty settings, like, what kind of changes in, like, a StarCraft match?
2: Um, do you want to take this, Mike? Uh, you probably should because, like, I didn't play a ton. I, you know, I played through the story, but I never changed the difficulty. Um mm-hmm. So I can really only talk to the difficulty between, like, um, you know, multiplayer matches and matchmaking, things like that. Yeah, I've never played the story.
1: I, I just play... I either play bot games or I play multiplayer online. Mm-hmm. And I was playing a lot of StarCraft a couple months ago. StarCraft's one of those games I get into and then I play it for like a couple months and I get out of.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, But uh, so for difficulty, it, it does just mostly change uh, AI behavior and their okay. strategies. Um, if you're playing on like very easy, it also changes like how fast, how fast they do everything, how fast okay. they start building and their production times and all that. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing on, like, very easy, they're going to be really slow to start building anything. So it's a matter of efficiency. Yeah, they're also not going to, like, scout you out. They're not really going to apply pressure to you. They're just going to kind of do their own thing, build up their army very slowly. So you can win. You can win very easy in Starcraft by just, like, building, build uh, as soon as possible, build your first uh, building that lets you build units. Build, like, two combat units. Send them over to their base. You win. Like that's how very easy is but then as you get to the harder difficulties like you get to like hard Mm -hmm. uh very easy easy normal and then like hard once you get to like hard they'll actually start pressuring you like Mm -hmm. in just within a few minutes of the game if you don't have any defenses they'll already start having some combat units at your base Mm -hmm. um and uh it gets it gets even worse from there if you're on like very hard they'll be pretty much like as efficient as they can possibly be but, like, I mean, not as efficient as they possibly can be, but as efficient as, like, a human person could possibly be. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's actually really interesting to think about, because, like, it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, how, how well does that gradual change in, like, efficiency of the team? Like, how well does that transition your mindset to be catered to, like all right, I need to think fast. Like, I don't have time. I basically need to already know this is the exact strategy I'm going to implement and just go with it. Yeah. And, like, I mean, would you feel like maybe that's more so encouraged from, like, online play?
1: I mean, I think that playing against AI will teach you to um, get out your strategies. It'll teach you to basically practice your strategies. Think of it like practicing a combo in a fighting game, but, yeah different uh but it'll get you to be more efficient on your strategies and to get your production times down because it's all about getting your buildings up as quickly as possible getting your units out as quickly as possible and starcraft um so it teaches you to be more efficient playing as AI, i bo- feel like and i mean i haven't played a ton of like very hard matches because i mm-hmm. lose very hard matches so i could be wrong but i feel like it won't teach you to uh adapt your strategy like like playing a human opponent will because when you're playing against a human opponent it's like if if that human opponent's doing a strategy that doesn't work they're gonna switch and then once they switch you need to also switch um switch up what you're doing you need to adjust accordingly and the ai doesn't seem to adjust to you so ai ai basically picks a strategy it does a strategy from what mm-hmm. i've seen and uh, if you can beat that strategy, you win. They're not really going to adjust that much. Interesting. So yeah. there's a
0: so there's a big difference in like that reactionary gameplay of, um, you know, online play. Whereas, hypothetically speaking, if you're saying that the AI stick to like one strategy for like you know very hard mode or whatever, mm. then maybe it's like one of those like it knows it has that one base strategy and once you've learned it you know what to do every time basically
1: yeah i mean it's possible i mean it's not like they just have one strategy they'll do it's like they'll switch it up like one time you fight them maybe they'll like do a roach rush and then another time you fight them they'll hang back a little bit more and they'll build up like big units Mm. so it's like they have, mul- they definitely have multiple strategies they can do, but it doesn't feel like it's like it doesn't feel like they start with like some tour strategy and that right. didn't work out for them, so they're switching what they're doing drastically. It feels like they're still kind of on the same path. They just took that loss. Yeah, on. I feel,
0: I feel like whenever I play like uh, real time strategy like, strategy games like that, like I can't grasp like what's useful to me and what are ways that I can basically divide and conquer. I feel like I just get so wrapped up and like, cause like I'm so used to playing games where I only have to manage one character that like, if I have to manage a whole army, I have no idea where someone should go, who should go, what's good and responsive to this type of enemy unit. And it's just like, it just gets so overwhelming in the amount of like information I need to process in my brain. Whereas all I need to know is a couple moves. Yeah.
1: I love thinking about that in games that are turn-based I think it's really fun to think about that to do the grand strategy thing, uh, even hmm. if I'm not great at it. But when it comes to like StarCraft and thinking about that all, it's so much because you can't really think about it. You just gotta do it. You don't have time to really think about it. It's so yeah. fast paced. Like uh, I play with one of my friends who has like a 120 action per minute, like rating at the because it shows the per at the end of the game. I do like 40 i do like 40 actions per minute so
0: like <laughs> is that it henry like, yeah it's henry it's henry. Oh, okay
1: it's like wow a monster. Monster. <laughs> i mean he does sometimes he gets even higher than 120 i feel like his average is probably around 120
0: sorry if i'm underselling you henry <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys like mike do you, do you feel like because you know you have that turn to kind of think about your move like overall it's just kind of like an easier game or is there some aspect to like that inherent gameplay of like Civ just as an example that makes it challenging in a different way I guess is it just based on the fact that you have so many different potential like um, ways
2: that you can win a game I think I think uh the the challenge comes like for me like right at the beginning right so Mm -hmm. i usually decide like right off the bat this is what i'm going to go for and i'm trying to go all out and you know like derek said at at some point you have to kind of adjust if if it's not working but if you off the bat decide on a, a bad path then and not necessarily just a bad path just a path that your your opponent has is more efficiently as like p- yeah yeah exactly has picked a better path and, and then you're kind of you're kind of screwed and it's not impossible to come back and actually that's one of, that's part of the thrill being able to come back from something like that i don't know if you've had any matches like that derek where no
1: definitely or definitely.
2: <laughs> you feel like it's it's almost over and then you you survive and you're able to uh because normally for instance like if your opponent comes out, you like early game and they totally destroy you, but they've thrown everything they had at you. And if you're able to defend that, then if you can rebuild quickly and get to them, then they're screwed. Because like I said, you can't really send like half an army out, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got to go all out. If you're going to attack, you got to attack. You can't like leave half your army back to defend or, you you're probably not going to be able to, you know, defeat Take a, a decent yeah, yeah a decent player, so it, it's kind of that cat and mouse game, and that that's kind of one of the fun parts of real time strategies at least. But I, I I'm like, like I prefer I do prefer uh you know more of a turn based slower paced thing like Civ because I can actually too. think about it you know? Yeah,
0: I feel like if I were to play Civ like you know, well, me, you, and Jeremy tried playing a match at one point. We didn't get all too far, but, like, Jeremy was taking all the things that I wanted to build, like, the pyramids and whatnot, and it was just, like, I feel like if I were to just play a match by myself, like, if I wanted to take a route and then I saw, like, later, like, oh, shit, like, one of the opposing civilizations is is already, like, way ahead of me in this, I feel like I would just I would just feel like it's just game over already at that point. Like, because I feel like I guess I don't because I haven't really played all that much Civ, but like it's it's almost like a I feel like there'd be just a slow burn to the end of the game, basically, where I see myself losing way ahead of that losing point. <laughs> so
1: it's yeah, just no, like, that, that's that's it's watching possible. my
0: demise happen. <laughs>
1: I mean it's possible that if somebody's really ahead of you in one aspect that they are just being more efficient and they might just win. Like that is definitely a possibility, but it's also a possibility that if somebody's way ahead of you in one aspect, they might be way behind you cuz they're in another aspect cuz they might be neglecting it. Like if somebody's way ahead of you economically, it's yeah. like, well well what are what are they doing? It's like, why are they so far ahead? And then you realize, "Oh, They've not built an army at all. They're neglecting their military. So,
0: they exactly so then you go
1: them. and you attack them. Yeah, and there's stuff like that. Like, you you see what their strengths are, but you also got to look at what their weaknesses are, and you can use those weaknesses against them. So, um, I mean, I haven't really played Civ, so I don't know exactly what you can do in Civ, but in, like, Endless Legend, you could even, uh, like, if, if there's somebody who's ahead of you in, like... um economy and military but you have like way more influence than them then you could make friends with another nation that Mm -hmm. like has a way better army and then be like hey guys if you attack them for me then i'll give you all this stuff i'll give you all this (laughs) research or something and then they'll be like okay
2: and then they'll take out (laughs) that
1: threat for you and you'll be like thanks guys
2: yeah that's uh civ definitely has that that as well yeah
1: so there's, like, some interesting things you can do. So it's... it's it Just because someone's... it's If you ever try to play it again, just remember, just because
0: someone's ahead of you in one round, that doesn't mean they're beating you. Not yeah. necessarily. Yeah. No. It's Well, I, it's, it's interesting to think, because, like, it seems like whether or not... So, like, in a real-time strategy game, your difficulty is with how efficient are you versus the opposing enemy whereas like you know in these uh turn-based ones it's it's way more about in a way reaction because you can see the moves that your enemy does and be able to like essentially rethink your strategy on this like with a bit more time kind of focused around that whereas you know it sounds like Especially if you play more pressure type games on like Starcraft and whatnot, like, you know, pushing against the enemy, then they'll feel a lot more pressure to like try and respond, I guess. So just it kind it's kinda interesting to think like efficiency is key. It really is.
1: Especially And I'm not efficient Starcraft. at
2: all. Yeah. <laughs> well I think I think the key word you said there is actually pressure. And I don't do well in the pressure at all. So, oh yeah, being so able to hand, to yeah. like
1: not buckle under pressure is super important.
0: <laughs> and another game I wanted to talk a bit about, um, you know, I actually want to talk more about Pokemon. Um, it's kind of kind of going with like a series mindset because you've been talking about how like more the you know more recent games like Sun and Moon, and you didn't even play Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you said X and Y were like terribly easy. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, it, I, if I gave off the impression that they were like way easier than past games, then uh, I apologize because I do think they're easier, but I do think Pokemon's always generally been pretty easy. You well, know, I'm
0: like, yeah, I'm kind of wondering like, is there just like, is it just like inherent? Like, I'm so used to this gameplay. Like, the game is just really easy. Or like, is there actual ways that, you know, Game Freak could implement more challenge? Because you were you were oh, mentioning like, so. the, po- the post-game stuff. So, like, you know, outside of, like, adding a difficulty setting, what, what would be, like, a way you would, like, you would go about, like, changing up how the game is? Like, um, how it could be difficult?
1: You said without adding a difficulty setting, which makes it hard. Because I do think having the game be accessible to a younger audience is important. So I, my idea would have been for a difficulty setting, but um what I would what I want out of the game is like first off uh I want trainers, especially gym leaders, to actually have full teams instead of just using like three Pokemon. Like yeah. it's like you're a gym leader, like use six Pokemon, <laughs> like fight like, me. I'm using one. <laughs> um I would also like to see gyms that aren't types like that aren't like i'm a rock gem and i'm a water gem and i'm like that would actually be
0: really interesting
1: because that's what makes the game so easy it's like oh they're using a water pokemon i'm using an electric pokemon i win that's Mm. why pokemon's easy it's like oh they're using a rock pokemon i'm using a water pokemon i win
0: you know what if what if they did something where like they took the pokemon type that you needed to defeat the gym and only made it available after the gym <laughs> oh man <laughs> <laughs> that would make the game
1: honestly very difficult like if you if you try to do a playthrough of pokemon without using type advantages it gets uh, it gets significantly harder um but well, like, that's because you're restricting yourself when the enemies won't have the same restriction that's do why you
0: think, I was... do you think a lot of players uh play through the game knowing what like not necessarily gym leaders but like let's say like look at your rival just as an example Uh huh. like do you think very many players go in actually fighting that vanilla or do you think players like look up like what are these types and then let me just focus on getting a team that's prepared for all these types
1: i i think most oh for like your rival because you don't know what he's gonna have right Oh, okay. it's like well, it's one
0: thing to go into a gym and you're like oh as a psychic type i don't gym, think people so really
1: need i don't think people really need to look it up because um on top of it just being easy for type advantages mm-hmm. uh a, another problem is that uh, the pokemon trainers don't make the best decisions it's like oh my my <laughs> jolteon has one hp and they they uh they throw out they throw out a water-type Pokemon, first off. So, okay, I'm super effective against it. But my Jolteon is 1 HP, so if they have more speed, they can just, like, one-shot my Jolteon, you right. know, not have to worry about it. But then they like use attack. Growl. They use, no, they use, like, Growl or something that doesn't do any damage. So then I one-shot their water Pokemon. Like,
0: their their trainers make stupid decisions a lot. So they need so. to, like, upgrade, like, the AI and in- the yeah. AI intelligence. Yeah, so, I mean, they don't always make stupid decisions. And as you get
1: further in the game, they will be better and better decisions. But it's so, like...
2: So I've been, I've been thinking, you know, most of this podcast actually about, about this. Um, do your answers to a lot of these questions that we've been talking about and asking ourselves, is it based primarily on your familiarity? Uh, how familiar? I can't even talk right now. Familiar. You are <laughs> with with certain games, like, you know, I listened to you talk about Pokemon and do you find like it you feel like it became easier over time? Um or is it just like Like I said, I think right the games bat? have
1: always been pretty easy.
2: But uh I do think they've gotten easy. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No you. No, no 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 that Would that's you? all I just I can't I've I find it hard to separate the two. Um because the more difficult games for me seem to be the ones that I'm not familiar with. Right. And I haven't taken the time to actually learn. So like, for instance, um, not that we need to talk about this genre at all, but sports games, I can pick up a sports game and like, even if I haven't played Madden for years, if I would pick it up right now, I'd be fine. Or, you know, NBA 2K, because that's what I grew up playing. And, um, I'm just so familiar with it. It just—I don't want to say comes naturally, but like I've grown grown accustomed to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, like I don't know. I wonder that with Pokemon because when I the last time I played, which I think uh, we talked about was Black. I'm not sure what year it was.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Which is honestly a really good game series. Okay, but... so for instance, would you call that? I don't. I don't want to keep saying an easy game, but would you? F- did you find that was more one of the more easy? Pokemon no, to get into.
1: That's one of the harder ones, actually. Okay. Um,
2: okay. I mean, I still, I
1: personally didn't have a ton of challenge getting through black, mm-hmm. but it's definitely harder than gotcha. like sword and shield or um, even red and blue, in my opinion. Uh, black and white was a big step in the right direction of difficulty. What do you think
0: made that more difficult? Um, uh, I do think a big
1: part of it, honestly, and this is going to go right into what you were talking, Mike, about familiarity. A big part of Black and White was like their whole thing was it's all new Pokemon. They're like, this is 151 Pokemon again, like in red and blue, but they're mm-hmm. all new Pokemon and you can't transfer your old Pokemon so you beat the game, which means all these Pokemon are unfamiliar to everybody mm-hmm. who is uh, who has been playing Pokemon this whole time. Like, if you've been playing Pokemon since the beginning, you still don't know these Pokemon. They're brand new. So you don't know their ins and outs. You don't know their weaknesses unless you look it up. And that does make the game significantly harder. Because, like I said, if you have type advantage, you kind of win. That's how Pokemon works. But if you don't know the type advantage, that will make the game a lot harder. And so I do think that was a part of it. I want to say that the AI was a lot better in black and white than it was in other Pokemon games, but I can't I can't confidently say it was without going back and like actually thinking about it while playing it.
0: So do you think like maybe they could make the games more difficult if they added more types? Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe uh they could make the game more complicated. I mean, that they've already done that like they added like they've added a lot of types since gen 1 and gen 1 there was no dragon type, no steel yep. type, no fairy type. Um and like honestly i still don't even know what fairy is weak to like i don't know what beats fairy i don't i can't remember and um so that's why in sword and shield i had a fairy gem and that was probably the hardest gem for me because i was like i don't know. know what
0: was i, super I was effective. like i
1: can't remember what beats fairy and i don't want to look <laughs> it up so i'm just gonna use my team and nothing on my team really beat fairy so i just had to fight them like
0: without actual combat without, yeah without
1: using super effective moves and
0: you was, ran in it was harder pokemon trainer guns blazing bam bam but it still Sorry.
1: wasn't <laughs> really hard um
2: yeah. and
1: i do think mike makes a good point it could be my familiarity not with just with pokemon though but with turn-based games turn-based uh, rpgs because i play <laughs> i've played a lot of turn-based rpgs um I've beaten a lot of turn-based RPGs, so I've probably gotten a lot better at turn-based RPGs, making them feel easier.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, I've, <laughs> I'm going to be honest here, if I picked up like a newer Pokemon game, I'd probably struggle. Mainly because I don't like... I don't like this idea of having to like try and pick out a good team of six and then having to learn what all the the types are. It does sound like a lot to like kinda get into if like especially if you're like newer to it, like just kinda getting into it and being like, oh, that's a lot of types. There's yeah, a lot and of I, different Pokemon. And I'm I totally to not like learn.
1: I'm totally not bashing the game saying like, oh they're too easy. They should be super difficult. I understand why they're at the difficulty level they're at. And I'm happy with it. Like I really like Sword and Shield. I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um i i do wish there was a harder mode for people who do find it easy but Mm -hmm. i don't think it's required for the game to be enjoyable
0: well and that's why it's kind of nice that it does have like the ranked mode that you were talking about and just kind of like that pvp aspect in general is just that that kind of allows you to provide more challenge where the ai is not exactly too good at um yeah but um so when you played black and white
1: mike did you really struggle did you get through the game fine
2: Um no I I struggled um I ended up I played for a while and then I stopped I can't remember what the roadblock was but I definitely had some some issues and I went back to it played a little more but I never I never actually finished it I don't know do you even finish Pokemon games I don't know yeah I've never yeah um and then there's a post game okay so I guess you kind of don't but like you beat the story yeah 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 uh but yeah i i definitely had my issues with it yeah well
1: i mean that's fair i mean i i haven't struggled in a pokemon game for a while, but i've definitely struggled in the past with games so
0: yeah um and kind of kind of with that like kind of uh, game type thinking i guess um i actually wanted to transition over to like RPGs. I'm actually gonna group in action RPGs with this, this so all games like the Souls games, the Zelda titles, Kingdom Hearts, um, Final Fantasy. You know, any sort of RPG that you you can think of. Um, actually, I listed a couple. One I thought was really interesting because it kind of it kind of encourages you to have to potentially replay through certain areas and kind of grind out some levels um doom counters so i had listed for rbgs uh enemy health enemy damage when you're playing like harder difficulties um and then doom counters so like final fantasy 13 did it where you know if you're taking too long on a a boss battle towards the end of the game um they would add in doom so that Mm. way it's like if you can't finish this battle quick enough you're screwed Mm, Um, yeah and I, i guess like you know like are these kind of like these difficulties? Um, are, are, do they do a very good job of kind of making you rethink your decision making? Or like another thing I was actually thinking about, and this actually I really liked a lot. Um, I don't, I don't really feel like, especially if you're playing like a Final Fantasy title, I don't really feel that encouraged to use summons, which is kind of sad because like they're cool. It, it's yeah, no, summons are really cool and like you, you, uh, you barely get to like uh, use them kind of in the sense that like it either uses too much of your MP or like you need to get a whole gauge up to be able to use them but like you don't want to use it on a regular combat scenario because oh look at that the next fight was the boss fight so now I kind of wasted it so like you know like do things like the doom counter and like enemy like just kind of like how enemies do more damage or might have more health like especially uh persona games right Mm. when you're playing on harder difficulties for persona games like do you feel like when you're playing on a harder difficulty you feel encouraged to make use of those things like does that make you really rethink like use of which how you're going about combat like uh when you're playing like a hard difficulty and like I i feel like almost like you're kind of forced to make use of um personas that the enemies are weak to oh, it's yeah. hilarious that i brought up persona considering how similar in a way to pokemon it is
1: i was thinking about that the <laughs> other
0: day i was like i was like as a
1: kid pokemon is my favorite game adult persona is my favorite game like kid pokemon <laughs> kid pokemon favorite game adult persona is my favorite game yeah it you gotta like catch so them all much, away, huh? <laughs> it makes so
0: much sense <laughs> so it's just like do you, how do you how do you feel like when you're playing harder difficulties in like persona just as an example like how do you feel like those force you to rethink how you play combat scenarios or does it just force you to grind to a higher level
1: um i've never won for really grinding uh i don't grind usually but uh (laughs) i'm gonna i i just (laughs) i'll get into my issues with grinding in a little bit but i want to actually we'll go back to persona because i i really want to talk about persona but i want to start with talking about the doom Timer from final fantasy 13 um where because i think the doom timer is a really interesting idea and i don't think very many games ever have done it i don't know and i can't think of any games that have done it besides final fantasy 13 but uh um yeah so the doom timer where if you don't beat it in a certain amount of time you lose the fight that's Mm -hmm. that's something that could be either i feel like a really stupid design decision that just encourages A one track like mine kind of strategy or it could be a really good decision if just implemented every now and then so basically like if it's not normally present and then uh you so you can just kind of play the game however you want and then all of a sudden it's present it's like oh i have a timer then you that's forcing you to get out of your bubble and change up your Mm -hmm. strategy and i think that's always a good thing For these games to do because these games can get boring if players find a strategy that always works and they keep doing it over and over again so i think it's i think it's really good um both for difficulty and just for changing up the game so but if it's like every fight then no i don't think that's good and i don't really think that's that fun either
0: yeah i'm kind of i'm actually kind of thinking like i think that you know, especially like looking at persona, just as an example,
3: mm-hmm. like if
0: I added a doom counter to it, like, you know, if I'm using the, uh, type of persona that does the most damage against the enemy, it's like, I'm not really going to change up my strategy because I'm, I gotta maximize the amount of damage that I do. But like looking at, and this is spoilers. So Mike, make sure to add the spoiler tag to it. But like looking at the final boss in persona three, where it's, it goes through all what fourteen, is it is it fourteen different tarot?
1: Uh, I don't remember how many it is. It,
0: it like it just it switches type as yeah, you yeah, take yeah. down its health bar over and over. So it's like you're fighting fourteen different bosses. I think it'd be interesting if they tried to implement, like, changing the fight overall. So like kind of like going through phases. Um, I kind of like that when they implement that in RPGs where they switch up that like you need to rethink how you're fighting this battle overall because i absolutely you can no longer that. stick to the same thing. And that is a big reason why i like
1: persona so much because i don't i don't actually like persona so much because it's similar to pokemon. I it was like the other day when i had relation that's similar to pokemon. Even though it's so obvious, i just realized it like the other day. Um and yeah, that's what i love about persona is i feel like and like, not to bash the whole entire turn-based battling, like, system. But I feel like a lot of developers just, like, don't make it difficult enough. And Persona does. Like, it's just hard. And they make you change up your strategy. And they give you a lot of options. They And they don't make useless moves. Like, mm-hmm. there's no move in Persona that I've seen where I'm like, that's a useless move. You never have to use that. But there's so many of those in, like, Final Fantasy or
0: in Pokemon. It's like, you'll never touch that move just don't touch it it's stupid right
3: it yeah.
2: almost seems
0: like a waste but like yeah like how could they make make you feel like you need to use it like how could they get you in that mindset of yeah that would be very part. beneficial to you
1: that's the hard part that's where that that comes from making interesting like boss encounters or interesting fights where players have to change up their strategy they have to change what they're doing and that also requires building a system in the first place that can have multiple strategy, that isn't just like a "this is the way you win." And so that requires a lot of play testing, a lot of balancing, and I'm sure it's really
2: hard to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What would you add, Mike? I don't know. I think I get overwhelmed with the amount. I, I know you said in Persona you don't feel like there's any useless moves, or but there are plenty of times where I have you know personas that have like. Actions that I have no idea what they even do, or you know, what situation I should use those in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's less than you know, other RPGs, but it's still there. So, I don't know. Sometimes RPGs have too many systems for me, mm-hmm. and I, I understand why they have it, and that does help, um, I guess, gamers, I guess, like yourself who need who want that challenge. Um, but it's a little, it's a bit much for me. So what I end up doing is like I said earlier is over leveling. Yeah. I I just, I'll grind and I'll over level and just try to overpower. And Mm -hmm. instead of outsmarting the, uh, AI, which I should be trying to do. Oh no, I wouldn't say you should be trying to do it. I think grinding is a totally
1: legitimate strategy. Like actually. Like it's very dull though. i don't i don't personally enjoy it but there are people who enjoy it like there's a certain feeling of like like huh look how strong i am i just (laughs) like just demolished your health bar like that feels good
2: no it does and that's what i was talking about with outer worlds when you know the other week when we were talking about that yes you know it does feel good but at the same time you know like the uh the feeling you get when you figure out a puzzle right yeah you know you figure mm-hmm. out that you outsmarted this ai and you know i you know i've i've countered you or i've uh you know I, i've done a move that that us as actual smart move and not just you know overpowering you so yeah that's to me, the that feeling feels that i like yeah oh i agree to me that feels better too
1: and that's why i i actually actively try to be under level in rpg hmm. like not even of level i want to usually be under level like i I think last week i talked about how when i got to the end of pokemon i was 10 levels below like the the final battle of the game Mm. that was on purpose i avoid (laughs) a lot of trainer battles. i don't fight any wild battles at all unless i absolutely have to um Mm. and i do the same thing in persona i avoid a lot of fights and i don't do it because i don't want to fight i do it because i don't want to be over leveled. and i'm I'm actually if I'm actually usually scared of being overleveled. I'm like I don't want to be overleveled cuz then you're going to go
0: into the battle and it's way too easy and then you're yeah. like wow. <laughs> yeah. That was it.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, you know another thing is like um you know, if you have like a a long battle, right? Like w- usually the later in the game you get the the more intense battles get and if if I'm fighting a battle for like half an hour or or whatever and you know i'm getting the the boss down till its final form or you know it's it's low health and then you lose it just like it's like a gut punch to me and i'm just like oh yeah oh my god really like i so i have to do this all over again (laughs) out of curiosity does that make you feel like
1: twice as good when you win or does it? Do you think it not really? It doesn't really add to how you feel when.
2: I, I think it
0: does personally. I do too. I do too.
1: But one hundred
2: percent, yeah, it, it it adds to it. But that that feeling is, is so fun, rare is for me. <laughs> no, it's definitely worth it. Like if you could do it, but like it's it's like so rare for me. It's like yeah, you know, ninety five percent of the time, I feel like you know I've already like over leveled or, uh, you know, I, I might even go online and read a a, a strategy on you know. What persona I should bring into this battle, or whatever, be- before I even do it, which definitely takes away some of the thrill. Mm-hmm. So it's kinda... I don't know. Maybe I just got to get good. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's
1: it, I I don't know. Yeah, I do, I just don't know. Uh, I wonder think it just like... takes time learning how to play these types of games. Go yeah, I wonder. Man.
0: I wonder if there's just kind of like like another like aspect to the gameplay i guess or you know maybe they should just divvy up like how they go about adding difficulty to the game because like you know you play through pokemon skipping trainers because you don't want to be over leveled for i don't know, even want to like, be like and stuff i don't even want to yeah. be level because then it's just way too easy and it's like you know like rpgs get so focused on the numbers and the stats it's like you know maybe there's a different way that they could do it and like my first thought immediately goes to like immunities which Mm kind of sucks in a way because like yeah like oh i went up against this this boss and they just repel physical damage and that's all i've been using for this persona for a while because i don't want to like waste all my sp because once i waste my sp i have to go back home for the night but like you know, is there, is there just like another way that like they could go about adding difficulty or kind of like forcing me as a player to you util- like make use of more systems in the game? Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know where my brain's kind of heading with this one. It's just like I no, I feel it's a good so question. I yeah, I feel it. so like games are just so focused on like I'm gonna make this harder by making you take more of a beating. But that still doesn't really force me to, like, go outside my comfort zone of sticking to the moveset that I know. Yeah. Is there any way that they could, like, go about it differently?
1: Um, I mean, the only way I can really think of without introducing, like, whole new systems to the game is just by having the bosses do weird or unique things like, um... I know there are examples in Persona, but I don't know why my mind is is drawing a blank. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like stuff like in like I don't know maybe like in Persona Four in Kanji's dungeon where he's got like the two guys that only take damage by specific elements, mm-hmm. and then uh, you can't really do a lot of damage to the main boss unless you kill them first. Yeah, and so you have to you have to focus them down, and that'll that'll make it so that you have to um and like let's say one of the guys only really takes damage to ice um or fire maybe like let's say fire then uh then your whole then your job right then is protect your fire caster and cast your fire spells and um then after you kill that guy it's like oh well this next guy he takes damage from i don't know like lightning or something it's like protect your mm-hmm. lightning against but i don't think that's quite the change up you're looking for that's not like the level of change up you're asking for
0: yeah because like so. just kind of like as a uh, it's not exactly an applicable example but like it's it is kind of interesting in that it definitely adds a lot more value to exploration which someone might not necessarily want to do but like in demon souls um when you're in the tower of latria in world 3-1 um if you don't kill that one random guy outside of the boss room you can't kill the boss so you might have gone to the boss room not knowing full well that you can't win because they're just gonna keep reviving her and it, so it's kind of it's interesting that it adds the value of like oh well now i'm being encouraged to search more in this world um that's interesting yeah. But it's also, it could also be a point of frustration.
1: Imagine mm-hmm. if you're having a really hard time with that boss. Oh, yeah. You're like, you can't beat it. And you've tried like 20 times and you're like, yes, I finally beat it. Then she revives. And then you're like, oh my God, there's a second part. So then you try <laughs> like 20 more times, you beat her. And you, and then you're able to barely beat her a second time. You're like, yes, I did it. And she revives again, and you're like, what the fuck? So then you just spent like four hours fighting her, and you only just now realize, oh, I
3: missed something.
0: Yeah, but then like, then you can look at it from the perspective of like, well. This is kind of forcing me to want to do more searching before I go to a boss battle versus rushing in. You know what See, I mean? If 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 I was mm. in a
1: situation where I beat her like in a, just a few attempts and then that happened, I would agree. Uh, that's how it would make me feel. But if
2: I if I, I struggled wasted really your hard, time,
1: yeah. Yeah, that would make me turn off the game.
2: <laughs> yeah, to me Personally. it seems like more of a gimmick than it does like a uh a way to alter the difficulty of the game uh, mm-hmm. in the player's way of oh, that's thinking. For sure. Um, I, it is interesting though, in the sense that it doesn't
1: hasn't really been done.
2: It is, and I think it'd be better served if you just made the boss more difficult. Um, if you didn't do that beforehand, mm-hmm. versus impossible. Um, Honestly, that boss
1: isn't that hard, though. To be fair. Oh yeah. Yeah. To be fair.
2: So I mean, that's that's would have been a cool thing if you, you know if they just increased the difficulty by, uh, you know, that's. You know, fifty percent or any you know any sort of degree. If you if you didn't complete that task before you went into the the boss fight, mm, um yeah. So uh, you know things like that actually frustrate me, and that's that. I don't know if they give you a good way to learn that you need to go and do it. That was going to be
1: something I brought up too.
2: Or if you have to go and like read a a, a fact online or something. So I think lot. if you were doing searching, you would definitely stumble across if it. If you just
1: search, you'd find it, definitely, eventually. Mm-hmm. But I do think that teaching players is important, and they don't really have a place where they teach you. Now, I think it would have been really cool if like they had an enemy before the boss, just like a normal enemy. And you it could be a little bit harder than just like a super basic enemy, but still not. Not too difficult, just an enemy. And you kill it, and then it revives. And you're like, what? And you kill it again, and it revives again. And you're like, what? And then pretty close to that (laughs) enemy. Pretty close to that enemy, or in a path you have to walk down, you uh, see, like, the guy. You find the guy who is reviving him, and then you kill him, and then you kill the enemy again, the enemy stays dead. And that's the teaching moment. That's when the game taught you, like, oh, there are enemies who revive these guys. Yeah. So... I have to keep my eye out for that. And if the game just taught you that one time before fighting the boss, then uh, I do think that would get rid of pretty much any frustration aspects um, that could be there.
2: I feel like uh, like some like the Souls games uh, purposely don't telegraph things like that. Um, in well, kind it's, of very, you... it's very encouraging for learning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's encouraging for learning through error. It's trial yeah, and error. Trial and error. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But the penalty is pretty steep, and in, in Souls games, so it's like, how do you? I, I mean, of course, I think the three of us, uh, all enjoy the Souls yeah. games. So I do a lot. We um we're okay with the the level of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Consequence. Mm, yeah. Exactly. That that the game presents. Um, but it's, it's definitely not for everyone. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. It's like, you can't, you can't make games to cater to everyone. You have to sort of decide, okay, this is my audience. Mm -hmm. So, and you can't, you don't want to really want to waver and do things like some companies do and, you know, bow down to pressure of backlash because a certain group doesn't like it. Um, Oh yeah. Definitely. well, Well, you know, what about the. The other group that does like it you know when the vocal people are usually the ones that don't like it if you're joining the game right. yeah you're just gonna sit and enjoy it you know not many people go and like praise games all over the world whenever you know I'm not gonna go on Kojima's Twitter and be like hey yeah I love your I love Metal Gear <laughs> yeah yeah but the people who are hate it's like oh yeah you know Metal Gear sucks so yeah well, they're and, like hey okay,
1: Kojima yeah <laughs> I, I wonder why that is. Why don't we give enough attention to things that are good when we give We're just so very much negative attention to that are bad? It's like if you don't like something, why? Why are people, like myself included, why are we inclined to go talk about this thing we really don't like? I don't understand. Like, why, why not put it down and then go talk about something we do like? Like, I actually just don't understand even though I have felt that same way. I'd be like, man, I really hate this game. I got to talk about it. Yeah, it's almost like we
0: have like this like correctional mindset where yeah. we only talk about things that need fixed, but like yeah. something that works. Why well, talk about it? Cause we like it. We know it works. We know it's okay. But like, oh, this game sucks. They need to change this. They need to change that. They need like, to know how always, their game sucks. Right. Like mass effect, right? Mass effect three, like, we're so pissy because we feel cheated because of the ending. And that's all you hear about. You don't hear about the rest of the game where Which they're is like, really good, Oh yeah. shit, I, I, I had a lot of fun playing the game until I got to the ending. And it's yeah. like, you only hear about the ending because that's what they want fixed. Yeah. Right. Just like We're just like in this like correctional mindset. Yeah, yeah I think that, but, uh, that
2: ruined Andromeda like, right off the bat. I don't even think Andromeda had a chance. I don't know if that even would have been a good seller, even if it was a decent game. Which I haven't played it, so I won't judge if it. If it
1: was a decent game, but it had the exact same look and marketing that it had, it still probably wouldn't have sold well. That game was getting like, shit on before it even released because of how the animations looked. So like, if, it, if the animations still looked like that, um, but it was actually like a really good game, it probably still wouldn't have sold
0: that well because yeah. of that. That'd be actually an interesting thing to talk about for a future podcast, is kind of delving more deep into... like graphics for games like graphical choices artistic choices for games and like yeah. whether or not like that really matters and kind of like get into that kind of like mindset yeah but, uh, back to the difficulty i actually did want to talk more about souls because uh like you know uh looking at demon souls or dark souls actually every single souls game you know a big challenge of the game is not knowing the environment and not knowing the enemies well enough that when you encounter a new enemy you're like shit what's the surprise that i'm going to be expecting here? yep and, and then like, you die and you learn it <laughs> right or, or like you know learning the combat of the weapon you want to use because you might want to stick to one weapon you know you might want to use like a halberd or something and it's like okay i got really good at long distance play but then you switch over to like a long sword or a short sword and you're like oh this is way different and it like it forces you to like be more i guess have more like endurance especially during like boss battles and that's what i really like about souls games in general it's just like you can do a boss battle and you know if you have like a weaker weapon or if you're doing like a a level one run to torture yourself like something i would do then you know it, it becomes a are you able to consistently stick to the strategies? You want to use to win the boss battle because it's going to take you a lot longer now. And like, and from that sense, it's I I think it's really nice that in a way difficulty is customizable for you in Souls games.
2: Absolutely, agree one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I really like that. um The difficulty is based on your your own choice of strategy, which you do make pretty early on in the game. You make that choice Mm -hmm. pretty early on in the. and it's also customizable in the sense of how much you upgrade your gear and how much you decide to level. So yep. It's
0: really and it's cool. Just, well, then, like, you know, and this is probably why I would consider, like, Demon Souls or Dark Souls to be some of the hardest in the Soul series is because, like, in a way, the gameplay is not polished enough yet. So, like, <laughs> I feel like with those quality of life improvements with, like, the control scheme... And like how much better dodging gets with like Dark Souls 2 and 3. Those games seem a lot easier because like you're a little less worried about timing. Whereas in Demon Souls and Dark Souls, like there's a bit more leeway with or a little bit less leeway with like timing of your dodges and whatnot. So it's almost like you're fighting against the controls a little bit too. Mm, yeah, Which I think is interesting to think about.
1: I have a really hard time making an objective, like, stance on which Souls game I think is the hardest in any way. I mean, it's not going to be objective ever. I know that. But, I mean, even, like, if I was trying to tell somebody who's new to the series which one they would have the easier time with, I'd have a really hard time because, like Mike was talking about earlier when I was talking about Pokemon, it's familiarity is really making me have a biased view on this. Uh I have like over 500 hours in Dark Souls 1 between all the copies of the game um on PS3, PC, the remaster. Um and then for Dark Souls 3 I have like 80 hours total. It's like I'm way more familiar with Dark Souls 1. I know that game really well. And so the game feels a lot easier to me than Dark Souls 3, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean the game is easier
2: and I'm not sure. I'm not sure which game's easier. Yeah, I never thought about, like, um, you know, say after playing Dark Souls um, 3, I think they did the... Re- when did the remaster of Dark Souls come out? Wasn't it
1: this year? Might have been last year. Was it this I think year? It
2: was, I think it was last year. Okay. okay, last year. So, like, if when I went back and played that, I don't know if it was easier or if it's just, you know, like... Like I said, it got more familiar with it. And, you know, I definitely had an easier time with it. But like like you said, I couldn't judge which one's easier. The, like I said, the cool thing about those is, like, you don't have to be a jack-of-all-trades. You don't have to know how to play the game in, like, a hundred different ways. Yeah. Um, I, I figure out my path, and I, I master it. And mm-hmm. usually the game does a uh, solid job of not um, you know, blocking you out of any sort of direction on how you want to go. Oh, um, definitely. So I, I do commend the Souls games for that. Mm. Yeah. I
0: agree. No, I definitely agree. I actually had a, a couple more series I wanted to bring up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they deserve some some screen time as i like to call it uh we got the zelda games or in kingdom hearts so take your pick and we'll start with that one derek uh zelda games go all right (laughs) the reason i brought up zelda games is because of how different some of the titles are and you know especially with like breath of the wild and the drastically different like uh, systems. Play, uh, yeah, systems they decided to implement for the game and then comparing that to like you know like the bird's eye view games like the 16 bit one or 8 mm. bit ones yeah. like uh, Link to the Past and then comparing it to a game like uh, you know Ocarina of Time like you know it, it's what what is that different about the difficulty in each game and I feel like for Breath of the Wild it comes down to whether or not you are okay with things like uh weapon durability slash shield durability um I, 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 those are probably like the biggest two that come to mind like they kind of don't really force you into like a. they don't force you to like feed yourself like some games do you know like fallout new vegas if you play like the survival difficulty um oh yeah and then enemies do a lot more damage. I definitely noticed that with Breath of the Wild in comparison to some of the older Zelda games.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really consider the weapon system to make Breath of the Wild more difficult, personally. I, maybe in the early game, like for the first few hours. But after really like no time at all, you'll just always kind of have weapons. Um, so if anything i just think the weapon system is in place to make it so that you have to change up your play style sometimes and i uh and uh, it's gonna sound mean i know there's so many breath of the wild fans we're in the minority ryan but uh, (laughs) uh honestly i think they did it because the game doesn't got a ton going on like You know, there's not a lot of enemy types. The world is largely empty. The dungeons are mostly puzzles, not really enemies. And so, fights, if you were using the same weapon the whole time, could feel kind of samey. And also, they're in this big empty world. They wouldn't really have a lot. They wouldn't have a lot for you to find if they didn't have a lot of different weapons and different weapon types. So, but then there would be no point in finding all these different weapons and weapon types if you never use them. So, what they did was they made it that your weapons break, so you have to use different weapons often, meaning you have to find weapons often, meaning they can fill their empty world with weapons, meaning that... And also, that'll keep the gameplay more um, interesting in the long run, because uh, you'll have to change up your strategy when your favorite weapon breaks.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing I would uh, disagree on is that I do think it makes early game more challenging. I agree with that. that, your weapons break so quickly and then you might not necessarily have a yet and you're like encountering a bunch of uh maw goblins, whatever they're called yeah uh, goblins and like you don't know the how strong or weak the different color schemes are which that kind of feels like lazy design but that's neither here that, or there i mean you um, could argue
1: that it's trial and error design yeah
0: um I mean, like, it's still difficult. It's still adding some form of a challenge yeah. in the sense that yeah. you still have to, like, I mean, like you said, you do have to relearn, like, the new type of weapon that you now not adjusted to. So that's, that's kind of good in a way. Kind of challenges you to, like, think about, oh, this weapon's a lot slower than the previous one. So yeah. I got to stick to that. Um, that's even if the point. game overall is not, like, difficult necessarily, it's, it's still kind of like an added, like, this is, this is an aspect of gameplay that I need to like cater now, to.
1: Yeah, Now I know the way I said all that made it sound like I was really shitting on Breath of the Wild, which I wasn't trying to. I am pretty bitter. I encourage how, I am kind <laughs> of bitter at how empty I find the world. Because there's a lot I like about the game, but the biggest thing that just... Every time I think about it, I'm like, there just wasn't much in that world. Um, and that really makes me sad, because I actually like... But I actually like the weapon-breaking system for the game. Mm -hmm. Like, even if the world was what I wanted and full of more stuff, um, I would still like it because I do think it made it interesting. You remember how I was talking about Persona and other turn-based RPGs, and I was saying I don't like being on a one-track mind. I don't like doing the same thing for the whole game. That's exactly what this game's encouraging. It's telling you, play differently. And it does keep it interesting, and it is a large reason why I was able to complete the game, because it was able to keep the game interesting enough for me to make it to the end. Um, So I, I like the weapon breaking system, and you make a good point that it does add challenge in the sense of you have to consider your weapon attributes, which I did not give enough attention to that.
0: Well, I mean, it's not necessarily something that becomes that prevalent, and especially, like, late game when you already have like really strong weapons like everything's 60 plus or 45 plus and you know it's it takes a bit longer to break like you get to a point where it's just like yeah you kind of are just shuffling through weapons basically yeah and there's not really a whole lot of added like impact to your gameplay at that point yeah um yeah like I guess I guess some, some aspects, there are a lot of enemy types, um, you know, because you randomly get attacked by, like, uh, whatever those ninja people were. Were they Gerudo? No. They were, like, weird ninja people. I know what you're
1: talking about. I don't know what yeah. they're
0: called, though. Um, there was them. Like, I actually forgot all about them. <laughs> yeah, it was just... Uh, there's a lot of, a like... There's a lot of just, like, random enemies scattered about the game, so it's... It's not without, it's, you know, some added variability and, like, you have the environmental challenges of, like, you know, some areas are, like, way too cold. So, if you haven't figured out how to get your uh, winter tunic, whatever the tunic is, I don't True. think it's the blue Then tunic.
1: you'll have to, like, make sure you get to fires and
0: Right, yeah. Okay. So, like, it does have the challenge of, like, finding things, I guess. But, but then again, it almost makes the game feel, like, in a way, like, grindy. Because, like, especially, like, I need to find all the hearts, so I need to do every single puzzle in the game. Then the question becomes, are the puzzles really challenging or not? And some of them are really easy. Some of them you're going to be, like, frustrated trying to, like, mess with the controls because, like, yeah. it's touch screen and you're like, I hate this. Or, or know,
1: the gyro controls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I never found a puzzle in Breath of the Wild to be, like, hard to solve,
0: really. It was, if anything, it was just fighting with the controls sometimes
1: yeah
2: what, what about you mike what What are your feelings on this um uh, breath of the wild was more about exploration and definitely uh puzzle solving for me so i never really thought a whole lot about the difficulty of like combat and things like that mm-hmm. um it just it was kind of just there um for me it the weapons to I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering, but they didn't seem that vastly different anyway, so like I didn't really have to adjust my playstyle depending on you know what mm. weapon I had available, okay, and you know at a certain point, like you said you you had plenty of weapons anyway, so you could pretty much pick what you wanted to you know fight with that's true, so I guess I never really like considered. The combat much. Um mm-hmm. I'm not a huge um fan of the Zelda series, so I don't really know. I mean, I've played some of the you older watch games, what you say. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. That's not <laughs> a knock against them at all. It's just that I haven't played a lot of them. So, uh I don't know like what the primary focus of some of the older games was and like how it it, it changed with A title like Breath of the Wild, if that makes sense. I think gameplay systems are
0: different. I think overall gameplay wise, it's not that drastically different. I think it's Mm -hmm. just like kind of like you know settings different each game, in a way. And then you know the dungeon crawling is different because I mean, however, yeah, however they decide they want to go about solving a dungeon is fairly different from game to game and then like you have the you know oldest titles that are all top down like link's awakening you know looking at the the remake that they just released um you know those games they provide their own challenge in a way that like it's it's about learning the enemies kind of like with the souls games but like outside of that there's not really a lot of challenges kind of put into the game it's kind of still puzzle solving um so it's um, like it like them- thematically when you think about it mm-hmm. a lot of the challenges come from implemented systems in zelda games and it's just kind of consistent with puzzle solving and
2: learning the enemy more or less so have either you played like um the the remake of Link's awakening in the the original have you guys? I played the or original,
1: more? but not the remake. I just okay. played the
2: remake. Okay, so we can't really answer that question. I, I, wa- I was kind of wondering, like, what what has changed and have they altered they the They have difficulty? added stuff
0: to the game. Um, so
2: these additions, do you? I wonder if they've actually like uh, added to the challenge of the game or changed the difficulty in any sort of way, or is it just giving the gamer more to play? I think it's more so the latter. Um, okay.
0: I think if anything, it could have made the game easier. Mm. Um, cause like, I think what they mostly added was like more items to find okay. versus necessarily like actual, like enemy changes, I guess. So it doesn't really, I don't think that they've made enough changes to like justify saying the game's more difficult per se gotcha just to kind of add more for the gamer to play through versus because I mean the original was on the Game Boy right so I don't think they would have been able to add so much to the game for the Game Boy cartridge but what do I know <laughs> um, but yeah that, that's actually that's funny I was I was expecting like actually like thinking thinking about it I expected there to be a lot more like changes as the series kind of progressed in terms of like challenge but like you really think about it it's still
2: fairly consistent from game to game I feel like Nintendo's strength has been um as they get further and further into different uh series their ability to not just Alter the difficulty or challenge in any games, but just completely alter the—I uh, don't want to say identity, but like the way you imagine the game to be. You know, when you go from something like Mario to um, Galaxy um, to uh, what was the
1: Odyssey is the newest one.
2: Odyssey. Not I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about the. Um... I can't think of the name of it but some of the handheld titles, you know. Oh. Uh, um just just the way they they reimagine some of those games is, is 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 interesting and they do it without just thinking about okay, well how do we make this one harder or whatever or you know, how do we just change the difficulty. So, uh, that's what I feel Nintendo's strength is.
1: Yeah, I don't think Nintendo makes their games like really hard usually. Mm-hmm. They just uh Like, their games are mostly accessible. They find other ways to keep it interesting without changing the difficulty too much.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. No. And then there's uh, Kingdom Hearts. Good old Kingdom Hearts, my favorite. Kingdom Hearts is really good. Yeah, and, like, it's it's funny. Because, like, you know, uh, obviously, inherently, what makes the game more challenging on harder difficulties is just the fact that, like, you know, enemies do more damage, they got more health, all that good stuff. But, like, you don't really notice the jump until you get to critical mode. That's where, true. Where, like, A, you can decide you want to do, a, like, a no-level-up run. And in that sense, like, you really need to know, like, how to respond in, like, any given situation and actually, like, learn, like what's what would make you as a player most efficient but like also like there's definitely a lot more challenge in like just even like regular boss fights going through the game because like i'm thinking kingdom hearts 2 right now where when you fight the data organization fights i was level 99 on critical mode and i was still struggling with a lot of those boss fights because oh yeah those fights are so hard yeah i just wasn't that good at You know the the dodging and blocking necessary and like actually like understanding like i guess you know like how the ai behavior was yeah and you take it for granted when you're playing like easy through proud and then you play critical and you're like oh shit yeah like that's a thing
1: (laughs) yeah i totally agree like kingdom hearts is a game where it feels like most of the time you can just if you're if you are struggling, grind a few levels and you won't be struggling anymore. But once mm-hmm. you get to critical mode, that's not really as true anymore.
0: Yeah, like, you have to actually get good. Enough. Yeah. And it's just like interesting to think like, you know, obviously we have those basic uh difficulty changes that, you know, an action game would see. But then there's also like, you know, just that inherent like you get so many abilities, which ones are good? So in a way, you kind of have to learn a lot of the abilities that you're gonna have equipped, and then there's a little bit of like management involved with, you know, I only have so many, so much AP to equip uh, these abilities with. Which ones do I want to actually have? Yeah. Now there are some like moves, like like end game moves, like uh, what was it called, Ragnarok, I think, and like Arx Arcanum, um, where it's like. You don't necessarily feel like you need it, but like they're still like nice to have. But like I don't feel like the game really forces you to like make use of things like that. So there is still some form of redundancy there. But yeah, no, like it's really interesting to see like how like even reaction commands, right? Um I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but like during like the last boss fight in Kingdom Hearts 2, um there's a part where you get three reaction commands right in a row. Yeah. And if you get the third one, it basically takes the boss down a one hit and defeats him for you, more or less. Like you can just go up and combo him and then he's defeated. But like a lot of people don't know that because you just you're so used to just spamming triangle. Yeah. That you don't realize until you play critical mode that <clears throat> the timing actually matters. Uh, any any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic?
1: Uh no, I don't I agree. I agree with what you said. I don't I don't really have much to
2: add on Kingdom yeah, Hearts. I'm, I'm uh I'm still a newbie to the series, so
1: Kingdom Hearts 2 was pretty easy. Yeah, I got that to say.
2: I mean <laughs> last boss
1: was hard. Other than that it was pretty easy. Damn it, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. I but, know, uh... I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um So, I'm actually going to kind of group together some other genres because we are kind of running pretty high on time right now. But um, so, actually, one genre I actually wanted to talk a little bit about that I thought would be interesting to bring up is shooters, spanning from like games like Call of Duty through like RPG focused ones like Outer Worlds or Fallout. Uh huh. So, you know, one thing to consider um and this is kind of what made me realize like oh wow this would actually be an interesting topic to bring up is like when you're playing like multiplayer how important is it that like in a call of duty game or something like that you understand the layout of the level because like knowing like where other players might hide because it's like beneficial to them is like crazily way more important than you would, ex- you would expect it to be <clears throat> versus like you're just coming in and playing like a shooter for the first time ever and you're just like all right did I see the guy first so like is it a bit more strategic than like we would think or is it just <clears throat> totally just reactionary
1: in uh call of duty specifically
0: i don't really have an answer
1: personally um i it's i have so little time in call of duty I know nothing about the games for the most part. Uh, I've played more zombies than I've played a normal multiplayer. I've probably played more campaign than I've played a normal multiplayer. Call of Duty. So do you have anything about it, Mike?
2: So I guess guess I'll start with a gripe. So with shooters, I'm primarily a a story player. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't play a whole lot of multiplayer. So I always think about like, I, I increase the difficulties because uh, usually I find it fun, but Call of Duty World at War, I don't know if you guys remember that game, but the way that they increased the difficulty was to just spam grenades at you. And it wasn't as open I don't want to say open world, but the, the atmosphere wasn't as open as some mm-hmm. of the more modern games. So, like, you're funneled down a path, and when they're throwing, like, 50 grenades at you in order to increase, increase the difficulty, it's just... It was just ridiculously stupid. So... That... I guess I just wanted to get my gripe out of the way. Um, <laughs> you know, as far as... um doing difficulty right with shooters it's it's just a matter of like i said with some of the other um genres we spoke about it it just training the uh player so i know you can't really train people to be accurate mm-hmm. but if you give them a you know if you slowly roll them into it and not just throw them into you know the combat like Crazy Combat right away. Which, um, like I said, I don't play um, any of the the Call of Duties anymore, really. Because I think they started taking them out. Um, Which one was it that didn't even have um, single player?
3: Was it Modern Warfare? I didn't know any of them, did I? (laughs) I think
1: it was... I think think it was... uh, Like, the Modern Warfare that just came out. That
2: one does. I think it was... It does. Was was it it Ghosts? No, Ghost had Ghost, had no, Ghost, Ghost definitely did. May, I think Black, it, all the Black Ops had single player. Mm, did think. all the Black Ops have? I, think. I don't I know. Like,
0: was, no, I think Black Ops Four did not.
2: Yeah, Black I Ops think that Ops was one really? that took it out. I think. I think. I, mean,
3: yeah. maybe. I don't know. I don't
2: know. Yeah, I think they were focusing on um, the uh, uh what do you call it? The the like the enemy. PUBG. Yeah. Uh, why am I What is it? battle oh, yeah. royale? Yes, that mode. But but yeah, you right. <laughs> I looked it up. I looked it up. Black House Four doesn't. But but, but anyway, it, it's uh, it's tough, right? Like, how do you what do you do to alter the difficulty in a game in a shooter?
0: Um, well, I was actually gonna bring up the point uh, just to add to this, like weapon balancing. You know, it's it's clearly really difficult to do, apparently. Um, cause I feel like so many people like on like Call of Duty, especially just stick to the assault rifle basically, mm-hmm. or whatever that, uh, comparison is. And like, th- that's just like, or SMG, that's what it is. And they just stick to that. Cause it's like, all right, chances are the person I'm going like, to be killing is going to be like right next to me and I'm just going to randomly run into them. So let's do it. And it's just like, it's, it it almost feels like there's not a lot of encouragement to switch up your weapon types or like learn them at all because it's just it's it's so focused on like i don't know it's it you focus more on just the replayability and just continuously playing over and over and and training yourself kind of like you were saying earlier but like it almost seems like in a way like maybe it's for the developers that weapon balancing is kind of the challenge and i feel like that's kind of what should be you know kind of like a focus area that could you know potentially uh, be more
2: it's like you said um earlier though it's like it's i don't know if it's more of a a balance with the weapons i think it's more of like multiplayer specifically it's more of you know who who has a better lay of the land um you know, who's played this more? Who knows, you know, where the good spots are? Who, you know, who knows where not to go and things like that? At least that's how I feel because I feel like I'm running around with a chicken with my head cut off and, you know, bam, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you say that's kind of just as important with games like, um,
0: why am I blanking? Rainbow Six, Derek? Yeah, so Rainbow Six is a shooter I do have
1: experience so I can't talk about it. Uh, Rainbow Six map knowledge is one of the most important things it's uh arguably very arguably more important than being able to aim i feel like somebody who can't aim but knows the map will do better like in the long run than somebody Mm -hmm. who can aim but doesn't know the maps at all like because it's all about like if you're on defense it's about knowing where to set up your gadgets and it's about knowing where to sit where to wait for the enemy and it's really important to know where the enemies can enter from and where they are likely to enter from. Um, and uh, for attacking, it's important to know where they will likely have setups. And it's important to know uh, where you can enter from and where you should enter from. So, yeah, map knowledge is super important in Rainbow Six. When,
0: like, Is that like, really difficult when like either A you're kind of playing with a bunch of people who like have been playing it for a very long time. So then it's like, you know, as an example, like, um, Josh or Henry had asked you in one match that we'd played together to like destroy the cameras. But like Josh always does it so quickly. It's like, you weren't familiar with where they were. So yeah. like, is there kind of the struggle with like, you know, you can't really play like a level, just like you just roaming the level to really learn it. And, then you have the aspect of you don't know where players are going to be until you play the level so many times that you finally, like, learned a location. Like, how challenging is it to, like, actually, like, learn the level? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, so learning a level, that'll come at different paces for different people just based on how good your memory is and how much information you absorb and how long it takes you to absorb that information. But as for your thing about the cameras, you're right. I did say that when I was playing with Josh. He was like, he's like, you need to learn where the cameras are. I'm like, how can I? You? I am no... Um, that's true. But you can, to because you said, like, if you can't go through the level alone, you can. You can go through the levels alone. You can either start a custom game, go through the levels alone, and look for the cameras yourself. Or... You can do terrorist hunt, which is the PVE mode, which mm-hmm. will still have the cameras in all the same locations as they are in PVP, and you can look for the cameras there. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to uh, learn the cameras if you if you want to dedicate time to it, kind of like how you dedicate time to training mode in a fighting game. Uh, right. I personally never did do that. I only learned where the cameras were by convincing Josh to stop destroying the cameras and letting me. <laughs> You're like, damn it, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was the way I eventually cameras. Um, I I I typically personally I pick up on it pretty quick. If I can just have a few matches where I can destroy all the cameras, then I'll I'll remember it for a long time. Yeah. Um, And then as for where people are coming from or where people are set up, luckily there's always the drone phase if you're the attacker. If the, and so in the drone phase, you can literally see where they're setting up. So even if you don't know where they probably are, you can take your drone and go find them. And that's pretty much risk-free. All you're risking is losing your drone, which isn't that big of a deal um, in the game, losing your drone. Uh, and you have two of them as well. Uh, and as for defending and knowing where the attackers come from, that's a little bit learn. That's something you'll learn by a attacking and seeing the different positions you're allowed to spawn at, and b if you do pay attention to which du- from which direction their drones are entering, you can get an idea
2: of which direction
1: they spawned at.
2: So, um, I had a question not not to get off of uh, Rainbow Six, but I was just thinking about uh, shooters in general. Do you guys prefer like, um. Games where you know you have a uh you spec your loadout before the match even starts, or do you like, or games like let's say PUBG where you just fall in and you have to like fight for, you know, weapons and gear and things like that. I'm not a fan of the battle royale genre in general. Um <clears throat> same Like I've here. played
1: them and I've had fun with them, mm-hmm. but I think they are. I think they're some of the least fun experiences.
2: Yeah. They
1: have they have very few and far in between very high highs, and then just a lot of really low lows. Like it's like you, it's such a slow. It's so hard for me to explain. It's like you get into a match, and you queue into this match. You gotta wait, and then you're in the plane, and you gotta wait till you want to drop. Then you drop, and you find a weapon you start to get your gear together and then oh what you misstepped you died well you're back to the main menu got to load into another match got to wait in the plane got to wait till you drop got to find your gear again Mm -hmm. and it's just such a slow roll to get into the action and then it ends so fast and then it's such a slow roll to get back into the action again that i don't find it to be
2: a very engaging or fun genre for me personally so it's more of a pacing thing than rather than just, like, a uh, sort of loadout deal. Um, yeah, the I,
1: loadout
0: doesn't matter to me as much. It is mm-hmm. the pacing.
2: Gotcha. No, the
0: the loadout thing definitely bothers me. Because I always feel like whenever I'm playing, like, some form of, like, battle royale mode, like, uh, I don't, I always end up, like, either going somewhere where, like, other people had already raided through. So I, like, mm-hmm. missed out on, like, all the items. Or, like, by the time I'm, like, finding a like, something that, you know, could work pretty well for me. Someone that does have a good loadout of items has already come up and raided through the place that I'm at. Maybe yeah. that's just poor skill, but, like, I don't know. I feel like I get, like, a bad like bad luck when it comes to finding good equipment yeah. whenever I play Battle Royale modes.
1: Yeah, there definitely is a, a lot of luck involved in where the good equipment spawns. For sure. And then uh, luck on getting there before other players do.
0: Right, and then having at least equivalent, like, equipment when you're going up against the people at the end of the match where there's only a few people left and everyone probably has good equipment.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So,
2: yeah.
0: I, I'm, I'm it's kind of like learn, a um... luck of the draw kind of difficulty when it comes to Battle Royale.
2: Now, my yeah.
1: favorite
0: Battle Royale game is Apex Legends just because
2: it Boo. is a
1: lot more fun to play than other Battle royale.
2: I'm just kidding, by the way. I haven't even played that so I didn't. I didn't Ooh. know if you. I didn't know what you said, <laughs> so I was just. Like. Um, yeah, no, I I don't know, like, so f- for me, I I don't know if I'm just like slow to understand what the best gear and the best weapons are in games, but like take Destiny for instance, I play Destiny and like the guns that I pick, um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my even my like my little brother he's he's pretty good at uh shooters uh he comes in he's looking at my gear he's like what like why are you using this stuff like this stuff sucks and I was like I, I don't know i I thought it was good I, like, this is what I like using, and so it's no wonder I go into multiplayer or crucible and what iron banner and just get murdered um because like it's it's completely different than fighting um you know p v e Right. So, I, I I don't know I I I'm torn on whether I like selecting my loadout or just going into you know games where you just have to kind of you know pick up what you can because then everybody's at kind of at a disadvantage.
1: I definitely prefer selecting my loadout of picking, but the only games I've played where you pick up as you go are battle royale. Battle games. royale,
2: so, yeah, yeah.
1: So I guess I could change my mind on that if I possibly played a different genre of game that had that. And implemented it differently and then mm-hmm. tried it out then maybe I prefer it, I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was just curious.
0: No, that's a that's a really good point to to bring up, you know, kind of that like how how do you, how does your play style impact what you know what sorts of challenges you find like intriguing to yourself? and shooters which, well not like not even just shooters alone just like you know we've, we've talked about so many different types of genres and we have kind of made it pretty clear like which ones are more suited to our play styles and you know it kind of brings me to like the, the question of like you know when we're looking at like like games in general like you know is it solely like the gameplay of a game that kind of like pulls us in or is it whether or not like the game kind of challenges us because like you know let's look at like one genre of games just as an example like i don't know what's like what's a good example like fighting games right like would we just play any fighting games solely because like the aspect of playing a fighting game is kind of like what intrigues us or is it like being able to like challenge ourselves in those pvp matchups you see what i'm saying yeah is you're is asking it, like, just what, we get like out
1: a... of, what we get out of these games yeah right? yeah um and that's a i think that's a tough question to answer you know like what do we get out of games it depends on depends on what i need out of games at any Time. i can get a lot out of games like fighting games the one you brought up what i get out of fighting games typically is uh like really fast and intense action usually like that's why i play 2d fighters they're a lot faster mm-hmm. um like when i play fighting games online against people of similar skill level so like it's a pretty close match it's like yeah. i'm like holding my breath like literally holding my breath and like and then the match i'm like <gasps> like and it was exciting like it was intense so if i'm looking for like excitement then i play those fast-paced fighting games but then if i'm looking for like if i'm looking to like for a good story then i'm playing an rpg usually um or if i'm looking to be like more tactical and i want to like kind of puzzle solve but not literally puzzle solve then maybe i'll play like a turn-based battling a strategy game
0: you know yeah, I was kind of wondering yeah. cuz like for me like and sorry sorry to interrupt Mike. Um oh, no, yeah. but like looking at like Souls game, Soulsborne games, like you know, I really enjoyed Dark Souls. Dark Souls 2 I did not like. Dark Souls 3 was eh, was okay for me. And then like Sekiro I really enjoyed, but like I hated Bloodborne. And I think I think in a way it kind of had to do with like you know, I'm expecting a game that's really hard, and I think the fact that like Dark Souls two and Dark Souls three were like, for me, felt so easy, and then like, I felt challenged on Sekiro and Bloodborne. I felt was really easy because of the aggressive playstyle they wanted you to have. Like, I feel like that had a really big impact on like, what, what made what encouraged me to want to play those games. Hmm. If you see what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, in a way, I feel like like. Yeah, like, in some genres, like, I feel like I'm looking more for more so for a challenge. And then, like, you know, if I'm playing, like, an RPG or something, I actually generally don't prefer the systems of the RPG to be overly complicated, because then it's just like, my brain can't think
2: that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm more of a, I guess, a mood-type gamer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And... I think I'm, I'm usually in that mindset of like my preferred, uh, I guess, uh, like style of game would be like any sort of game that gives you like a, like this mental chess match. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, and I know you guys probably laugh at me when I say this, but like the best example I could think of is something like a sports game. Like, you know, if I play football, it's like, it's punch counter punch, right? So you you're you're trying to figure out like you know, how do I uh how do I best my opponent and it, it's it it's cool. It's not just, you know, sitting there playing a um a sports game. You're you're actually using your mind and trying to outwit and outsmart your opponent and I find that extremely fun, but at the same time, um you know, sometimes I just wanna sit back and relax and just like not be <laughs> mentally challenged, so like I said a couple weeks ago, like you you'll laugh at me if you go and look at my Steam playtime. Like I love the hell out of just fucking driving the truck around in American Truck Simulator. And <laughs> don't I have no obvious, I have no idea why, but it's just relaxing and cool. Um, or I don't know, just like I'm kind of all over the place, so it just depends on my mood, like. Um, I have a friend right now that uh, will ask me to play Destiny um, every once in a while. And I'm kind of just like, just not in the mood for a shooter or Destiny right now. I'm just, I'm in that Death Stranding type of mood. um, And I'm just loving that game. And and it's cool because you can play, I can actually play that game like several ways. Like, you know, I could just chill out and make easy deliveries or, you know, I can test myself. The other day I was just like fighting bts just for the hell of it um you know just to get some combat under my belt so i don't know i'm all over the place
0: so you would probably say like overall like if we kind of looked at like games on like a spectrum Mm
3: -hmm.
0: from like very reactionary and fast paced to like kind of more like a strategic like mindset where you're kind of thinking ahead a Mm -hmm. bit like you'd probably fall more towards like the strategic side of of
2: gaming De- definitely yeah mm-hmm. i lean more towards that way i'm not i'm not a a what do you call it like reactionary you just, you yeah have. yeah exactly i'm not very reactionary like i have to i overanalyze and overthink things so in in games that require that that sort of quick reaction i'm I'm slow to process, and it usually hinders me. Mm. So, where would you, where do you feel like you would fall on that spectrum, Derek?
1: Uh, I, I think I'm, I think I'm in the middle somewhere because I really do love reaction, games. action games. Oh, they make me feel so good. Fighting games, <laughs> the <way. Yeah. laughs> they make me feel so good. But also, also turn-based RPGs like Persona or uh, the Final Fantasy games or. Octopath Traveler, un- unpopular opinion. A lot of people don't like that game. Those games make me feel so good when I beat a boss that was giving me trouble. Make me feel like a genius, even though I know I'm not. But <laughs> so I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I probably lean towards the reactionary, as I don't actually play that many turn-based games other than turn-based RPGs. Like I don't spend a lot of time playing Endless Legend or other strategy games. So in the middle, but leaning towards reactionary
0: yeah no I'm I personally am definitely on the reactionary side um anybody that knows me I hate like strategy games in general (laughs) yeah (laughs) way way too much for me to think about and like you know when I think about like Death Stranding and like how you're talking about like how you've like all these different ways you can handle specific situations and like just kind of like considering like all the like management that probably goes into keeping track of what you want to do in the game I probably would get so overwhelmed
3: (laughs) it's <laughs> really not, not that much. Not, not to talk yeah. about Death Stranding,
2: yeah. but it's not that much. It's yeah, not
1: it's, a, it's not too bad.
2: Okay, I think that's, you'd that's be good. fine. <laughs> I don't know if you'd have fun with the game,
1: but I think you'd sure. be fine.
0: Yeah.
2: No, but I'm, I'm, I'm d- like... just to say one quick thing, sorry, Um. and I'm not going to talk about Watcher. this at all, but last week, when uh, was it two weeks ago when we talked about Death Stranding? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. I complained about this story. I'm just going to say I take that back. <laughs> Oof. that's it okay. yeah no we're gonna wait till you guys are finished with the game and then we're gonna talk about it again okay yeah. So sorry. Beat the game, Mike. sorry to interrupt
0: <laughs> no yeah I, I mean I'm, I kind of felt like I was uh, ready to wrap up here did you guys have any kind of final thoughts or you know things you might want to talk about before we uh, wrap up here I think um, I'm
2: good man
1: uh Make a version of Persona 3 where I can control my AI companions that also has the story cutscenes. So that's all I request. Please, yes. Atlas.
0: Please, Atlas. <laughs> if you're listening, give now.
1: me definitive Persona.
0: <laughs> oh, that was a good challenge we didn't talk about, was in Persona 3. Um, you and I kind of discussed it briefly a couple days ago, Derek, but I'm going to bring it up with Mike. Um, so, in Persona 3, you know, only being able to control the main character and like, you can like make a character focus on like either being support or like attack but like you still don't control what moves the moves they use you just have control over what moves they have in their moveset. Yeah. Hey, how do you feel about that
2: challenge? Mike. Mike I I think it um That <sighs> I means you can't to- control what they'll do. Well, no. I you know why I like it is because it kind of makes you feel like you you are that you know that main character, and I you think know, that's th- what they were going for. Yeah, and, and and that's that's who you are, and yeah, you have influence over your team, but you can't exactly tell them what to do. So I, in in a way, I kind of like that. Would you like it
1: if you were uh, though? Like, and I don't mean this. I, I just mean this because this is the reason. I like it, um, like you're in a boss fight, and it could be going really well, but your team keeps making stupid decisions, so you lose because your team is making stupid
2: that would definitely be frustrating yeah (laughs) (laughs) no yeah Yeah. that
0: that was exactly what uh derek like i kind of like it but like
1: like i get the appeal i get the appeal
0: there is that frustration where like there was an example mitsuru so she uses ice attacks right bufu and uh she also knows charm and, like, I had this one situation where, like, the boss was technically susceptible to both ice and charm. And I would have preferred ice because then I could have used all-out attacks. But she kept using Mare and Karen over and over to try and charm the boss, failing uh-huh. every time. And then it just ended up getting wiped out because, like, my characters weren't, like, over-leveled for the fight. They were probably around, like, the right level for the fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it just wasn't, like prepared to deal with the fact that i can't control what she does yeah it's 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 frustrating from that regard but i i do kind of like it from the perspective of like what how you were saying like yeah it kind of like you only control your one character and everyone else is kind of like they're free
2: has their own like free will will. basically (laughs) so so does it does it make i i can't i don't know i can't remember but like does it make you sort of rethink like who are you gonna put in your party
1: it i mean it does but i mean you still kind of i still kind of just put in my favorite characters i'm not gonna lie yeah.
0: <laughs> i think it more so i think it more so impact the personas you as an yeah. individual use um so that way you can like prepare for whatever mistakes your teammates make but like, when it comes to, like, which party members are probably the best to use, that, sh- that itself doesn't really have an impact on that. Yeah. Got you.
1: Um, yeah, I guess I don't like it as much also because I feel like it limits my options. I don't, I don't get to control the strategy that happens quite as much. I control what my character does, but the overall strategy, like, between the four units, I don't have as much control over that as I do in Persona 4 or Persona 5, so it makes me sad. Um, and I don't know if you know this, Mike, but that's just for, like, the PS2 version or the Persona 3. Like, both PS2 versions, Persona
2: 3 and Persona 3 FPS. Yeah, There's Golden PS... wasn't like that, right? Or no, P3P. Oh, P3P. That was f- yeah, was, Golden was, was Persona it? 4. What was the one that was on PSP? I'm sorry. Uh, that's, yeah, P3P,
1: Persona 3 Portable. Gotcha. Okay. That one, you can control all your party members, but they don't have the cutscenes. Like, the story cutscenes, like the anime cutscenes. So it's all done through text instead. And you don't have as good of animations, so it doesn't tell the story as well. And so every time I want to replay through P3, uh, Persona Three, I'm like at this dilemma where I'm like, do I want to go with the better gameplay or do I want to go with the better story? And that's why I'm like, I need <laughs> a definitive <laughs> edition. I need a definitive edition that has the new gameplay changes and also has all the cutscenes and everything.
0: You know, I was actually I was actually just thinking about the opposite of the complaint with only being able to control the main character my complaint with being able to control your whole party is that it's still a game over if the main character dies like I do think I could just stupid. have someone else revive him like that's dumb <laughs>
1: I do think that's stupid I never agreed with that decision
0: oh yeah for sure it's just yeah. so weird <laughs> it does provide a little justification for oh my main character died I can't do anything <laughs>
1: it does it does and to be fair if you were somebody who likes not controlling the party members, that's still an option in Persona Four and Five. In Persona Four, that's actually the default option. You have to change it. In Persona Five,
0: it's not the default. The default is you control everybody. Oh, uh, okay. I must have completely forgotten about that. But then you're yeah, basically I golden. So maybe maybe it wasn't a thing. I don't know.
1: Well the way it works is like when you get a new party member in Persona Four, um you uh they they are set to like they're set to a command, like where they'll control themselves, you have to manually change it like to manual hmm. control.
0: That makes sense. Yeah.
1: It wasn't like that in Persona Five though. In Persona Five they're automatically set.
3: Hmm.
0: Well, um with that, I I think I think this is the end. Um thank Those you. Are, like
1: three hour long podcast? <laughs> yeah,
0: two hour long podcast. It felt uh, really long. <laughs> that's okay. Uh thank you, Derek and Mike for joining me in this discussion. Um, Thank you for hosting. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Um, And I want to give a shout out to Abby for providing us with this topic of discussion. I thought, you know, as soon as she had mentioned it, I was like, oh, shit, this this would be a really good discussion. Thank you, Abby. Go Abby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, thank you guys. Uh, This has been a really good podcast. A lot of fun. Um, And tune in next week. We're going to get back to weekly. And yeah. That, that's that's it.
2: Goodbye. Thank you boys. Bye. Goodbye. Forever.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>